I'm telling you. We have a lot of fun, don't we? Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 7. We're going to look at a great story in God's Word today about uh, Jesus performing a miracle for a man who couldn't hear and couldn't talk. It's um, one of those stories where we see Jesus teaching in the act of healing. Um, and it's a tremendous story in the sense that, that we hear Jesus doing something out of the ordinary and away from the norm of everything that's going on. Um, he's in the Gentile world doing this healing of this man. He's been in the Gentile world for, for a little bit of time. Um, he was in what we call Lebanon today in Tyre and Sidon. And then he goes down to the Decapolis and does this healing here. And he was doing some healing at, with a Phoenician woman, a Syrophoenician lady, healed her child. Um, but he did this outside of the place called the Jewish realm. It was not um, one of those things where you think that he would go and do this. But what happens is, if we listen to it real closely, he does nothing more than fulfill um, a prophecy um, from Isaiah 35 here. When he, uh, when he does this healing um, that's miraculous, unbelievable how he does it and everything, and this teaching us, he's saying to us that um, the kingdom of God... We need to hear this today. The kingdom of God is not found in the United Methodist Church. Amen? Guess what? It's not found in the Baptist Church neither. The kingdom of God is not found in the Catholic Church. It's not found in the community church. It's not com- found in the Presbyterian Church or, or the, um, any church that you want to name. The kingdom of God is to anyone who believes in him as Lord and Savior. And he opens that door to these folks and the, all of those, those um, Jewish people that are following him, those rebels that are wanting to, and to incite the riot, uh, he's saying to them, I want you to know this kingdom is not yours. It's for everyone. That's the miraculous thing that he does here. Not just healing a man, but saying to the world around him, the gospel, this body, this man that I am, is given for everyone. My goodness. He does, I don't think he's here to, to offer a formula for healing that we, that we see here. I don't think that the, he is giving us a, um, a surefire method to be healed. But what I think he is doing is telling us how to approach God. And it doesn't matter what it says on the front sign. Amen? You grabbing a hold of that? It doesn't matter. The kingdom of God is open to anyone who recognizes Christ as their Lord and Savior. My goodness. I want you to hold on to that this morning because I dare say, and I make this statement as a global statement, that all of us here at home, out in the parking lot, wherever we're at, um, are dealing with issues in our lives. If you're not, come see me. I'll give you a couple. Okay. Um, we all have problems where we need Christ to intervene in our lives. And we have two options, I think. We can just admit defeat and forget about it and 
get angry and go about our life not expecting anything to change or we can do what I think we're supposed to do make it a matter of prayer and seek God's face without ceasing to answer the concerns on our hearts and I'm assuming that we would all take option number two there and pray about our issues ask God to deal with them pray about the issues that we're we're having with family and friends and finances and marriages, whatever it may be. Well, I want to give you some thoughts on it, but let's, let's look at this scripture this morning. Um, follow along with me. Then he, Jesus left the region of Tyre and went through Sidon, back to Galilee Lake and over to the district of the Ten Towns, the Decapolis it's called. Some um, people brought a man who could neither hear nor speak. And they asked Jesus to lay a healing hand on him. So he took the man off by himself, put his fingers in the man's ear, and then some spit on the man's tongue. Then Jesus looked up in, in prayer and groaned mightily groaned mightily. This is the only place in the New Testament that that Greek word is used. Groaned mightily. This touched his heart to, to let the world know that his, his love was for everybody. And commanded, Ephratha, he says, which means nothing more than open up. And it happened. The man's hearing was clear and his speech was plain, just like that. And Jesus urged them, all that saw it, to keep it quiet but they talked it up all the more besides the, beside themselves with excitement. He's done it all, they said, and done it well. He gives hearing to the deaf and speech to the speechless. My friends, this is the word of God for all people. Praise God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word this morning, especially when it's um, teaching us in our hearts, how we can, should approach you and come into your throne room. It's a blessing, Lord. And we pray that you would help us to hear your word today, to respond to it, and to act upon it. Help us to, um, through this worship service, through the singing, the prayers, and hearing your word, help us to leave this place different than we entered in. And let your word... Let your servants' words be nothing more than your words today, we pray in Christ's name. And all of God's children said, Amen. So this story touches us in three ways that I want to give them to you this morning. <coughs> One of the things the confirmation class has to do is um, <laughs> they have to watch a sermon or come and be here. But they have to watch a sermon since it's all online, you know, and everything. And they're, they're like us, their time is busy. Um, but they have to watch a sermon, and then um, when we meet next, they have to give me at least one highlight from either the sermon or the singing or the worship service and um, talk about it at our next meeting in uh, October. So um, you kids at home, listen closely, okay? Um, <laughs> if you listen to this scripture closely, he gives us three ways that I think we're to approach him to find that healing grace that he gives us. The first one is this, uh, um, seeking an answer. The first one is this. We need to get a team together. We need to get a team together. Uh, we are in a world today that says, no, I can do this by myself. Well, you can't. And we know that. 
We know that. We know that, that we always fall short. We always fail. We always mess up. But if you listen to the scripture there, in verse 32, he says, um, some people brought to him. Some people brought to him. We need to hear that. Some people brought to him. They didn't come by himself. Um, Jesus tells us in Matthew, it's um, chapter 18, verse 19, that if anybody gets together with somebody else, I'll be with you and I'll hear what you're saying. Two or three together. I'll hear what you're saying and I'll respond. That's a great promise that you and I need to claim and hold on to today. It's an amazing thought that you and I think that we can do this by ourselves when it's impossible for us to do that. We are blessed. We are blessed. We have, we have um, a team together. Um, I, I got a team together. I didn't do it. The Holy Spirit did it. I got a team together, and they've been meeting for the last 18 months. Every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday. And all it is is to get together and pray. Study a little bit. We have a little devotion in there. <laughs> it's amazing that you, all these all these months, there's about 24 people to get together every day at 10 o'clock. Make that commitment. And I said to him, "Is if there's two or three, we'll get together." And the reason that is so important is because of all the stuff that's happened over these past 18 months. There's been this group of people who are hanging tough, or hanging solid. Or, or I, I want you to know, are praying. I, I, I challenged them to take a name from one of those 11 young people. You know, we should be screaming. We should be screaming as a church from the rooftops. On top up here, we have 11 kids going into the, into the um, confirmation class. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's exciting. We should be screaming. We're 10000 over budget. Praise God. Amen? We should be going, ah! And I want to tell you what I think it's from. It's because there's, there's many different people praying. And because of all those folks praying for this church and for this community and for this ministry that this church is doing, that, it, that, that we're seeing the results of it. I, have, I am thankful to have those people online. I'm thankful when I walk up to somebody along the way that they, they look at me and say, uh, you know, I'm praying. I'm praying for those things that you've talked about. I'm, ta- I'm praying for those concerns that are on this body of believers. I'm thankful for that. My friends, I need to tell you, we need, we need that team um, of two or three people to pray with us and, and to help us um, get together. God, I think, is pleased when we come together and do nothing but do unselfish prayers. Yeah, we pray for our own needs at times, but most of them are unselfish prayers for other folks. We need to get a team together in our lives. If you don't have a team, my friends, praying with you, I would encourage you to get a team. God will answer that prayer in a team way. I think he does individually too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if we really want to see that miraculous like we've seen here, and other churches tell me of the, the miraculous things that are happening in their body of believers because of a prayer group. So we need to get a team together. And then I think, secondly, we need to get out of the spotlight. 
you need to look at verse 33. We need to get out of that spotlight. In verse 33, we hear this. Jesus took him aside away from the crowd. Took him aside away from the crowd. I, I, I just think that sometimes we, we get confused about who's going to be glorified when something happens in our lives. Literally, sometimes we think we're getting glory for what God has done instead of giving him glory for what he has done for our lives. It's, it's, um, it's kind of unique that, that he took him aside from all these people because there was Gentiles there and there was Jewish people there. There was Jewish leaders there. There was the Hebrew children there. There was all these folks there. And he pulled him aside away from that crowd to focus in on what was about to happen in this healing. And, and the center of attention wasn't Jesus up there doing some miraculous thing. It was giving God the glory. When he looked up with, with, and he groaned in his heart, Epratha! He wasn't doing it to make a scene. He wasn't doing it to raise him up. No, he was doing it to glorify God and to help this young man. It's not unusual, Jesus telling him to... Um, take them uh, to a side. He did that in many other places in Matthew and Mark. Um, I remember, one story just came to my mind. I remember being at a revival one time, and it was actually a healing service. And uh, it was in the Canton Civic Center. And um, it held about 10,000 people, and they were overflowing at this revivalist that was there, well-known. And um, I remember Phyllis and I standing outside going into the sanctuary, into the civic center, and um, we were along with all these other people. And um, I would notice every once in a while somebody would um, be praying for somebody else. Now, I don't know how they did it or what was, whether they were there to watch it or anything. But anyways, in this big hallway, there was people praying for other people often, quite a few times. Matter of fact, I did, uh, someone asked me for prayer, and I said, I'll pray with you right now. And, and as soon as you started praying, somebody came up and tapped you, one of the people of the event going on, and said, don't pray here, they'll pray inside. Now, I thought that was kind of unusual. Okay? In other words, don't you pray. Let the big guy up in front pray. You see what I mean? And I knew right away that there was something wrong with the whole thing. And I could sense, and we sensed it before we even got there, that there was something not right. And, um, and um, we stayed for the time. But it, it was well worth it. And God did made it mighty things. But I always, ever since then, I've always asked, why does the only person that ever gets to heal somebody is the one with the microphone? Or... Why does the one with the microphone only ever get to speak in tongues? Because I think God can use any one of us to speak in tongues. I think God can use any one of us to touch somebody and pray with them and find healing in their lives because of our obedience to his word. It's an amazing thought. An amazing thought that, um, um, that we, we <laughs> think that we might get to be the showpiece and we like that. The humanness of our side like that. That's why I'm always careful and humbled 
um, not to make sure that I'm the center of attention and I hate being the center of attention. And most pastors do. All we want to do is do what God wants us to do and that's share the word of God that would touch your heart so much that it would change your life. And that's nothing we do. Amen? Not a thing. I can never do that. But uh, that Holy Spirit, God's grace working through us, can, if we're focused in on the right things, get out of the spotlight, my friends. Get a team together. And then I think we need to do this third thing. Get <laughs> are you ready? Get ready for Jesus to do it his way. Now, that's really important because we always want healing, but we want it in our way. We actually tell him how to do it. Most of the time, if you ever listen to somebody talking about um, praying for someone or, or they're praying um, in, in a prayer, they'll tell God exactly what's going on with that person and how they need to be healed. And I'm always, <laughs> I'm always cautious that I, I pray. I, I, I've gotten over doing that because I think God does it his way. He wants us to come to him and pray. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to come to him with a team. That would say to, you know, if I went to my team and said, hey, uh, I'm going to Las Vegas next week. Will you pray for me that I win? I hope someone in that team would slap me, you know, for Jesus and say, wake up. You know what I mean? I, I hope that, that um, someone in my team would say, hey, you know, uh, you didn't do that, you know. Hmm. And then I think if we really want Christ and, and God, uh, the Holy Spirit, to come into our lives and change our lives and heal our lives, we need to let him do it his way. And his way was a strange way, wasn't it? Now, first of all, he put his fingers in the guy's ear. Now, I don't know about you, but that would be confusing to me. But I suppose he might have been saying, hey, I know, I know you can't hear. I know you can't hear. I, I, I know that, so I'm going to help you with that in a second. Just hang on. And then he spit on his fingers and touched his tongue. And for you and I, that's crazy, especially today. You'd get COVID-19. You know? But back in that day, people literally believed that um, human spit was a healing agent. And I think Jesus was saying to this guy, I understand not only do I know that you can't hear, but I understand you can't talk. And I'm going to heal that with this spit on your tongue. I thought about that. I thought about that, and I, I took me right back to Cuba. And um, when you go to Cuba and, and other third world countries, um, not all of them, but, but a lot of them that I was in, um, when you hug somebody, you've got to be ready. Because when you hug them and they give you a hug back, and, and they go to kiss you on the cheek, they're not kissing. They're spitting on you. Yeah, the first time I had that happen to me, I thought, what did that old woman do that for? And she became my dear friend, by the way. And we were in worship together every time we would go. And, and I always knew that we were going to have a, a hugging, greeting time because I would see her get a drink of water out of her cup. Yeah. Yeah, and she would make sure she came up to the front and got all the pastors and all the people that was in all the praise team, everybody that was up front, she'd come up and kiss them all. And I mean to tell you, it was, it was good. You didn't have to take a shower. You know, it was great. But in their mind, in their mind, the pastor said to, to all of us, don't worry about that. In their mind, they're giving you a blessing that's unbelievable, a healing blessing. They're saying, ooh, touch this person, Lord God, and heal them. That's what Jesus was telling that guy. I think he understood. 
He said, I understand that you can't talk. And in just a second, you're going to be able to talk and you're going to be able to hear. My friends, my friends, we've got to get Jesus out of the closet, out of our box, out of our place where we think he's going to do it this way. And let him have his way in our lives. Let him have our way, his way and help us in the midst of everything going on. I think if you listen to this story real closely and digest it, I think Jesus is teaching us, teaching us an invaluable way to find healing in our lives for the mundane things and for the huge things. For the huge things. It goes like this. Because of my prayer team that I have hanging around me all the time, and there's many more in several different locations around Ohio, um, because of those prayer teams, because, because um, um, literally um, in my life, because I don't want to be in the spotlight, and in my life I want God to do it His way, I remember the first time that, th- that a major um, health thing came into my life. I was headed to Haiti for my 14th visit to Haiti, and, and um, I got up and sort of passed out in the bathroom and got up and, and uh, early in the morning and got up and thought everything would be okay, went to the airport. Do you remember that, honey? Went to the airport, and I'm sitting in the airport, and my friend said to me, man, you don't look good. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not feeling well. And he said, well, I don't think you should be getting on this plane, you know, to go to a third world country, and you, d- you just don't look good. And I wasn't looking good and, <laughs> and feeling worse. So I, they moved me from there to the hospital. And they went through all these tests and everything. And then they come in and they said, said to me, we think we've got to figure it out. Your liver's gone and um, you have hepatitis C. <laughs> and these three doctors told me that. And they were, Joan, they were ready for me to, oh, you know, you mean I'm going to die? Which would have been great, amen? And I looked at him and I said, um, I said, okay, calmly. And they got despondent and said, no, you have hepatitis C, your liver's dying. Okay. They weren't ready for that kind of response, friends. You know why? They had a way to take care of that healing. They had their purpose, their process, everything that they were going to do. And I said, no, I'll go to the VA. And when I went to the VA, the doctor looked at me and he said, well, we're going to try to give you five more years of life. And I said, well, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't really care, you know. I did care. I had hepatitis C. I had hepatitis C. I got it in Vietnam in August 1967. They told me exactly when I got it, when the Agent Orange went through that area. And, and, and I, I kept looking at it. I'm like, okay. It wasn't that it, you know, that it bothered me any. But what it was was that I knew that I had some people that were going to be praying for me. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? I knew some people were going to be pray- were praying for me right then because they were on an airplane going to Haiti. And they were down in Haiti and all my friends in Haiti that I had made over those many visits and, and, um, and teachings and everything that we got to do down there, they were all praying for me already. All the people at our church where we were attending at that time were praying for us. My, my goodness. And I knew all along. That it wasn't about me. It was about our, 
our response to what God does in our lives and to let him do it. By the way, that was seven years ago. I'm living on two years, you know, praise God. <laughs> I think I think we need to grow deeper in our walk with Christ. And the only way that comes about, I'm going to share it with you now, the only way it comes about is being with a team, having people that you're praying with, that are um, holding you accountable. Um, I have this one group that I meet with, and all of us have the same concern at the end. It's a bunch of pastors, and we get together and meet, and the thing that that we're all concerned about is that we stay faithful to God's calling in our lives, to present the gospel in a way that people can hear it and understand it. Amen? We need a group like that that will hold us accountable for who we are. We need we need that group of people that will... Uh, make sure that we're, we stay grounded and not try to be in the spotlight. It's not about me, amen? It's not about me. It's not about what I have done because I have done nothing. But it's what God has done through his son Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to break down that wall that we think that we've done something. And we'll grow. I think we'll grow in that walk with Christ as we seek to, to draw closer to him. And then that last thing is to let, let God be God and make sure we remember that we're not. Amen? That's our goal for today, my friends. To walk in his way, to hear him say to us, Ephrathah, be open. Whatever's closed you down, be open. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, that is our prayer today, that we'd be open to whatever you have for us, We come to you humbled this morning that your son would die on that cross for us. And if we haven't grabbed a hold of that, help us to do that today so that our walk can start getting closer to you. Getting closer to you, Lord, is our prayer. Be with us. Be with our families. Be with the group that we hang around with. Help it to be more than a social group. Help it to be more than just a, a group we get together and have fun with. Help it to be that group that we get together and grow closer in our walk with you. We pray, Lord God, that all this would happen without anybody knowing that we have been praying to you. That we give that glory to you and you only and nothing that we have done. And today, Father, We pray in all this in expectation that you're going to take care of these things that are upon our hearts and in our our lives. You're going to take care of them your way. Help us to get you out of the box. We pray all these things. We pray all these things in the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace and the peace that we can get get as we draw closer to you and experience that healing grace. We pray it in his name today. All of God's children said, Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, you ready? Good? Good to be with you, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Hey,